Today's episode is brought to you by Pale Horse Media Co. Head on over to www.palehorsemedia.co for more of your favorite shows, books, and merch. I have two brand new releases for you over at Pale Horse Media Co. The first one, In His Name, My First Dive Into Fiction. It is just a fun, cool thriller if you're into that kind of sort of thing. And and we have the second expanded edition of the original, of the OG Safety Sucks, the bullshit and the safety profession they don't tell you about. I go through, I expand on some thoughts, add some bonus material, reflect on some of the chapters. So if either of those sound like things you should be interested in, again head over to www.palehorsemedia.co CO or find them on your Amazon marketplace. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for all of your support of the books of the podcast of the merch store of everything. It truly means the world to us. Hey everybody, Sam Goodman, the hop nerd here. If you haven't heard about anchor, it is pretty awesome. It is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor does this really cool thing where you click distribute and they send your podcast to all kinds of other places where you can hear podcasts. Pretty neat. You can make money from this thing with no minimum amount of listeners. Go check out Anchor today. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hot Nerd out. Hi, once again, everybody. It is Sam Goodman, the Hop Nerd, coming to you live from Phoenix, Arizona. Glad to be here with you today. Before we get started, take a few minutes, check out the website, www.thehopnerd.com. Follow along on LinkedIn. As I've mentioned before, I'm publishing a lot of really cool stuff there. Check us out on Twitter. Follow along on Instagram. Pretty much anywhere, look us up at The Hop Nerd or something pretty similar to that. Anywhere you look, you'll find a picture of my bright, shining face there. So please take a second, check those things out. Also, take a few minutes, send me an email, thehopnerd at gmail.com. Go to the website, use that contact form. Use this really, really cool anchor voice message thing. Send me a question, stuff like that, because that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to dive into a little bit of FAQ, Q&A kind of stuff. So I got a few questions by email, but I also went out and within my little group of hop friends, hop nerds, fellow hop enthusiasts, just friends in general, folks that tune into the podcast that I know personally. So what are some questions that you would like to hear me answer on the podcast or take a quick dive into on the podcast? And this is what we come up with. So I got a few from you guys through through the hop nerd at gmail.com and then also from those folks. So let's get started. Question number one, I'm working on implementing hop at my organization slash trying to drive a major culture change. It seems that we're stuck. What do I do? Okay, so wh- whether you're stuck, whether times are getting tough, no matter what's really going on, I'm, this is going to be my first starting point. I'm going to say go back to the five principles, right? Go back to the five principles of human and organizational performance. Make sure that you've got a really good grasp on those as an organization, Right? If, if you don't, if one of those things is a little wonky or several of those things are a little off, 
that's going to stall you pretty quick, right? It's, it's going to have some pretty negative effects on where you're trying to go. If everything's good there, I would tell you you probably just need to wait a little while. And I, I know that's not the answer that most folks want to hear. If you're anything like me, you want to go about 100,000 miles an hour on this kind of stuff because you've seen the light and you understand where we need to go. But that's usually not the way things change, especially dealing with uh, really any organization. I was going to say larger organizations, but really any organization. We're very resistant to change, and that stuff takes a very, very, very long time. So again, the more unpopular answer is keep doing the great work that you're doing and wait. How's that? What do you think? Let me know. Send me an email. If you wait too long, you might need to look at some other things, but that, that would be the starting point for me. For, for lack of, for, for sake of time, that's where we'll stop for now on that one. But shoot me an email. Let me know. I'd be glad to dive into that with you a little bit farther. Uh, if you've got some more specifics, please send those to me at thehopnerd at gmail.com. Give me a call. I'd love to talk that one out and see, see what's actually going on with you. Alrighty, so let's take a let's take a dive into the next question. How did you come to be known as the Hop Nerd? So, not a very super interesting story. It's just something that people started calling me at work. Uh, some of it was a little little self imposed because I would refer to myself as a nerd in and around human and organizational performance stuff. So that's probably where it really started. Was just the fact that people would say, "Well, what are you?" And I would say, "I'm a recovering safety professional and a human and organizational performance nerd." That's what I would define myself as. And then uh, really just people just started, it, it stuck. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it stuck. And I, I became known as the hop nerd. Uh, I referred to as the hop nerd, the hop evangelist, a culture geek, all this kind of stuff. Uh, all these terms of endearment I picked up just through my work and folks kind of lob, lobbing those, <laughs> those terms at me. Um, and that's where it came from. So cool question. Let's move on to the next one. I want to help my company view safety differently. Where do I begin? So I'm going to point you back to where I've already pointed you. If you've listened, you know my thoughts on this. If you haven't listened, there's a podcast I did on a really kind of high level pieces of this, but also head over to hopnerd.com, check out the blog. I've got a, a hop implementation manifesto article posted on there. I think I posted it on LinkedIn as well. So check that out. You'll you'll hear a lot of what I'm talking about, and it'll dive into some other critical areas that I think are super duper important, at least in the very beginning phases. Um, but I think you have to start where Dr. Edgar Schein teaches us all this stuff comes from, right? And that's the basic underlying assumptions. That's where you start. You start with the basic underlying assumptions. Those shared beliefs, values, assumptions, all that kind of stuff that's invisible below the surface, that has to be our first target, right? A lot of times we start too high up, right? Imagine a tree. We've got to start at the roots. A lot of times we start up in the branches trying to work on programs, processes, systems, all that other kind of stuff, when really those are just a byproduct, right? We've got to get down into those roots, and those roots are that. They're those underlying assumptions. How you do that, again, more detail in the article, but I started just by having conversations. That's usually what I think is super important is just going out and having conversations. So um, talking with frontline employees, talking with frontline leaders, talking with frontline managers, getting that little revolution started there and getting everyone talking about that stuff, 
it really starts this grassroots thing happening. And that's, that's again, that's really how I've seen it happen. It's really been grassroots ventures, right? Most implementations I've been a part of have been grassroots ventures. They've not started in the C-suite and then been pushed down. They've really started at the bottom, right? And it's bottom's driven, right? It started there. And then we kind of got the interest of the top. So starting point, start with conversations. That's really what I'll tell you. Start by having conversations. Moving on to another question. So how did you end up in the hop space? It's a really long story. And if you want to go back and listen to the first episode, that will give you a lot more detail on my background or at least a little bit more. Um, but I was a safety professional. Let me put it that way. I was a safety professional. Um, as with most safety professionals out there, I had become disenchanted with this whole zero notion, all this kind of stuff that we just knew not to be true, that we had to go out and sell and sing this song and dance of zero within our companies. And I'm sorry, but I just I just realized that that was BS. Uh, and someone passed me a book, and that book was Safety Differently by Sidney Decker. I started reading that. And that's really when the, the switch flipped for me. And I was like, holy crap, here it is. This is what I've been trying to say for since forever. And here it is. So that's kind of how I ended up there. Um, professionally, I guess how I ended up there was kind of going back to the last conversation. I started having conversations. <laughs> I started trying to grow this stuff at the pointy end, at the front end of the workforce um, with the leaders that I interacted with, with the managers I interacted with. Uh, and that slowly pushed me into the space more, more professionally. So that's how I ended up as the hop nerd in the hop space. Good question. So top five books for the aspiring hop nerd. Uh, that's a tough one. So if you walk into uh, my office, you will see that I, I am the nerd. I have books everywhere, tons and tons and tons of books. I love them. I love just thumbing through them and highlighting and scribbling and post-it noting and all that kind of stuff. So top five books, though, let me see. Number one, I would have to say Safety Differently. Uh, that's the one that really, really, again, flipped that switch for me. But I would couple that with Just Culture. I think that that's super important to understand those concepts as well. Um, as an aspiring hop nerd, couple those to get two together. So I would say number one, Safety Differently plus Just Culture. Number two, The Five Principles of Human Performance by Conklin. It's a little bit newer of a read, but it is phenomenal. Um, it's a great book. I love his work. It's, it's just easy reads, great to dive into. Pre-Accident Investigations by Conklin, of course. Um, here's one that's a little, little different for you. How about Normal Accidents by Perot? I think that's a really, really good book. I just read that one more recently. I didn't know it existed until about six months ago. Uh, and then Resilience Engineering and Practice by Hollenagle. I think that's a phenomenal book. I, the list can just go on and on and on and on and on. Um, if you want a full reading list, I can send you one. I can send you a, a list of basically what I have in my in my library where I can publish that and share that with everybody if that's something you'd be interested in. But, yeah, I think the books are a great, a great tool. Just dig in and start reading. Uh, that's really, really just the best tool you have. So when are the videos coming? I have no clue. I really have no clue at this point. Um, I had a grand plan to sit down and try to live stream this episode. Um, and that clearly didn't happen. So life's a little busy. But when, when I figure out how to do all this stuff, make all this happen, streamline it to where I can actually get it done within the course of my day, um, we'll do that. So I'll keep you posted. Those will come soon. 
how do you go about getting leaders support? Now that's a really good question. So I think you have to start with this, really this first understanding is that envision that generic adoption curve, right? And if you haven't seen it, Google it. If you go back to the implementation article I was talking about, it's, it's posted there as well. But your high-level leaders, or whatever leaders, I'm assuming you're talking about executives here, they're going to fall into that adoption curve just like everyone else, right? You're going to have early adopters. You're going to have folks that are way laggard. Laggards, you're going to have folks that are in the late majority. You're going to have, they're going to fall all over that scale, right? Um, what I found to be true with, with most executives is they're kind of dead center in the middle between early majority, late majority, right? Um, at least the brunt of them. I'm just going to guess a number out of thin air and let's say 70%, right? They're really in that spot where they're, they're saying, hey, this sounds great because I, as an executive, really care about people. And what you're telling me is how to better take care of people. I think that's really cool, but I need to know more. So I think that's really the key. I think that's probably the key in how you gain true leadership support. Tell them more. Right. I've, I've done that myself. I've walked into that C-suite and I've went in with this assumption and we know what we say about assumptions that they knew just as much about human and organizational performance as I did. And I start going into my spill on, hey, here's why we need to go here. And they go, whoa, hold on a second. This is scary. Wait, scary. Tell me more. I have no clue what you're talking about. That, that, that sounds great, but I don't understand what you're telling me. Right. So we know how super important it is. You have to get leadership interest. You have to garner leadership support. We know how vital that is. We have to to gain that. Right. We can make some progress, but we can never get lasting and significant broad change without it. But I really think most of them are in that they're stuck in that. I'm not sure. Tell me more phase. You'll get a few that are actively opposed that really cling to that old mantra, right? The metric mantra, the zero all accidents are preventable mantra, but those are very few actually. It's surprising how few those actually are. Um, they're actually just as disenchanted with zero as, as most of us have been, um, which is pretty interesting. But get them out of the C-suite. Take them down the street. Have a cup of coffee with them. Sit down. Listen to their concerns. Have that conversation. I think that's huge. We just don't do that enough. We don't sit down and have informal, people-y conversations enough. Not everything needs to be in a stuffy boardroom, suit and tie, giving a presentation on PowerPoint. You don't connect with leaders that way, and you're not going to gain support that way. Humanize them, right? This should be a human interaction. They crave that just as much as the frontline employees do. They want a human interaction. Give them one. Have that conversation with them. Listen to their fears. Understand that their fears are valid. They come from a place of caring, right? Um, but listen to them. Hear them out and have the conversation. Find out their why, right? Really find out their why. Keep it informal. Find out their why. Get them out of the C-suite. Be patient. Give them ideas. That, this is a huge one. Be super patient. Plant the seeds. Send them the link to a podcast. Give them a book. Send them a, a safety message on something like this. Drop a book on their desk. Let them come to their own conclusions because 99% of the time they're going to land somewhere similar to where you're thinking as well. What do you think? Let me know. 
I could do an entire hour on this piece, and I might. I think that would make a great podcast. So I'm, I'm jotting that one down on my whiteboard right now as we speak. So uh, that might be a good one for some guests. I think that would be a really cool conversation to have between some, some peers on how you get leadership support. And that might even lead to an article. So awesome question. You just gave me a lot more work to do, so I think that's super cool. I like work. Work is fun to me. I know I'm, I'm the weird, nerdy guy that enjoys work. Um, so what's, let me see, what's next? Do you have a real job? <laughs> so, yeah, I do. This is kind of my fun, get to know our little hop community better kind of thing. But yes, I, I work a normal nine to five job. Um, I won't dive into who that's for. If you look me up, you'll, you're, you'll easily see who it is. I'm just not going to, to make it that easy for you. Um, but I do work for an organization. It's a phenomenal organization to work for. It's a large-scale power utility, um, a great organization. So, again, not going to tell you who it is. I do have a real job. I do enjoy working for them, and I'll leave that one at that. So I think we got time for just a couple more, maybe one, maybe two. Let's see. Let me see what I've got pulling up. Uh, yeah, here we go. Where does discipline fit into this whole thing? That's a tough one. Going back to the leadership support piece, that's a question we get a ton from leaders. I'm sure you've had those conversations. And please let me know if you have. I'd love to hear from you again. I can't say that enough. This is about the conversation for me. So let me know. Let me know your conversations on discipline. Um, but for me, it's, it's really simple, and I'll try to keep it super simple. I think that our work is already hazardous enough. I think that the, the threat of death uh, is enough. I don't think that we or our organizations need, the, need to be in the business of manufacturing consequences, right? Because most often the consequences in the nature uh, or in the work that we do is death, right? I, I just don't feel that, that we're ever going to be able to top death as a consequence. Um, I feel that discipline leads us down the wrong path a lot of times. So I get a little more philosophical and I say, should that be something we're doing at all? And again, I I won't answer that exactly, but I will say this. I think we're in the space where we need to redefine what discipline is. I think that's where we're probably at in the evolution right now. Discipline has historically been seen as a tool for extracting flesh, uh, inflicting pain to teach you a lesson, right? To teach you a lesson that, that thou shalt not do that. Whatever that is, we've decided that that's not good. So here's your pain and we're taking our pound of flesh. So here's what I think discipline should be redefined as. It should be the means to safely extract a person or persons from a system in which they do not belong. Right? So you have folks in that system exhibiting whatever, right? All this kind of not so great stuff. They clearly are just not meant to operate in that space. Discipline should be the way that we pluck them out of that space. It shouldn't be an event in which we beat someone, flog someone, extract flesh from someone all that kind of stuff. I think we're evolving in in that direction. I don't want to see us get stuck in this kind of um, space where we're trying to paint shades of retribution. We've been doing that quite a bit. I've seen that quite a bit. I'm sure you have too, where we say, well, we're going to define what's, what's, what's at risk, what's negligence, what's this, what's that. And then we're going to give different doses of discipline or pain based off of those behavioral classifications. And I just don't feel that works very well either. 
So again, we have to redefine what discipline is. That's where I, that's where I think it fits in. I think it's moving away from viewing discipline as a way to harm, right? And viewing discipline as a system in which we use it to remove folks from places they don't belong. That's really what I think the redefinition of discipline is. Again, I did a podcast on this one as well, a little bit into just culture, kind of tiptoeing into that. If you want to roll back and listen to that, you get some more detailed thoughts that I share in and around that. I just, I don't have the time right now to dive into that. That's an hour long conversation as well, but that's my high level thought. So again, awesome, awesome question. So last question, where do you think safety or human organizational performance, all this kind of stuff ends up at in the next 20 years? So I'm going to be a super, super optimist here. I think we're going to continue this evolution. I think we're, we're going to outgrow eventually where we're trying to go now. I think we're going to start to understand that, that this is not a pendulum. So here's a side rant. I hate that stupid analogy, right? I hear this constantly. And I, again, tell me if you do too. And if you feel the same way, every time I start this conversation around, around human and organization performance fundamentals, it's all, this is just the, this is just the pendulum. You go real hard one, one year to the rules, you get real loose with the rules the next year and it goes back and forth and back and forth. It's not a pendulum. I want us to take the pendulum, throw it in the ground, stomp on it, set it on fire, all that kind of stuff. Not good, right? <laughs> I just don't enjoy that. It's not what we're doing. We're not swinging back and forth. We're trying to grow, right? So, and that's, okay, side rant over, but, that, but that's where I think we're going. I think we're going to continue growth. I think we're going to have some moments where we flatline a little bit and we're going to get a little bit better. And again, I'm, I'm thinking about my, my organization. I'm thinking about our industry overall, but I think we're going to continue that growth. There's a lot of momentum. There's a lot of momentum behind this movement. And I think that's going to continue, continue and continue. Um, and I think we're going to get to a point where we're like, okay, safety too. That's great stuff. Now, where do we go? And that's, probably going to be in that next 20 years, right? Some, somewhere around there. But what, where do I think it all goes? I think it goes to great step controls. That's the ultimate goal, right? How do we stop killing and maiming people? <laughs> that's, that's really the ultimate goal. And I think that's where we're going to end up at. I think um, we're going to end up there. I think we're going to end up putting a big dent eventually into, into those occupational fatalities that have remained the same for years and years and years and years. I think we're eventually going to, to crack that code and we're, we're going to get better at, at reducing those. Um, I think a big byproduct of this is that we're going to end up with a lot better place to work for us, for our folks. I think we're just going to have a lot cooler place to work. So I think that's really where all that goes. Um, again, not, I'm not going to dive into details on that one. That could, we could sit here and contemplate that for another two or three hours. And you do not want to hear my wonderful Appalachian accent, which is a little bit heavier if you can't tell because I just spent a week in the Appalachian Mountains visiting family. And every time I come back, I sound like this, right? It, it kind of comes back a little bit. Give me a week or two. I'll be back to kind of a little less redneck, right? It'll, it'll, get, it'll get a little better, but it'll stay with us for a week. So if you enjoy it, you've got about a week. If you hate it, you got about a week. So, okay. That's all the questions that I have. That's our FAQ Q&A kind of session over and done. This one seems like it, it carried on for a little while, which is pretty awesome. We got a bunch of good questions. So I will tell you this, send me a note, thehopnerd at gmail.com. Use the contact forms. Give me a call. Uh, all those methods of communication that I have out there that I shared with you constantly, right? That, that I pushed down your throat. Send me some questions. I, I would love to do these things pretty regularly. This is 
probably been one of my more favoritest episodes is, is just doing Q&A and answering some of your questions because this, this is more of a conversation. Leave me one of those really cool anchor voice messages because if you do that, I could put your question right here and we could hear your voice, which would be way cooler than just hearing my voice with my really cool Appalachian accent, right? You, we could hear other people's voices too. So that would be really, really cool to me. So that's all I've got. Thank you for, for tuning in. Please, again, let me know what you think. What are your thoughts on the stuff that I shared with you? Am I insane? Am I right? Am I wrong? Yes, no, whatever. I'd love to hear from you. Make sure that you check out the website, www.thehopnerd.com. Follow along on Instagram. Check us out on LinkedIn. Make sure you follow along on Twitter as well. Again, get in contact with me. That's my favorite part. Love talking to you folks. Because through that conversation, that's really how we make the world a better place to work. Until next time, everybody, this is Sam Goodman, the hop nerd, the hop evangelist, your culture geek, all that good stuff that you now know the backstory on where it came from, signing out. I'll talk to you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.